Hi everyone, thank you so much for tuning in to the Lifestyles Medicine Podcast. This is Dan Cho, Managing Director of Pathways to Wholeness Lifestyle Medicine in Toronto, and I'm here at our North York Lifestyle Medicine Clinic. In Lifestyle Medicine, we talk a lot about the benefits of whole foods, plant-based diets for the prevention, treatment, and reversal of disease. And we know through the science that uh, it strongly supports the benefits of plant-based eating for conditions like diabetes, heart disease, metabolic syndrome, and other chronic conditions. But how about mental health? Is plant-based eating the best diet for our mental health? And that's the question we'd like to explore in this episode. And to do that, we're joined by a very special guest. Dr. Linda Plowright is a psychiatrist working in London, Ontario, and is an adjunct professor in the Department of Psychiatry at Western University. She also has a fellowship in integrative medicine through the University of Arizona College of Medicine. She's also on staff at the Child and Parent Resource Institute in the dual diagnosis program. So Dr. Plowright, thank you so much for joining us today. I've been really uh, looking forward to this conversation. And for starters, can you share a little bit about yourself, your practice, and kind of how you became a doctor and went into psychiatry? Well, so exactly as you said, uh, I'm a doctor working in London, Ontario, uh, and I completed my residency training in psychiatry and also the fellowship in integrative medicine. Uh, I work primarily at the Child and Parent Resource Institute. I also provide uh, psychiatry consults for both kids and adults by telemedicine and for a local family health team. As for how I went into psychiatry, well, I actually didn't consider specializing in psychiatry when I was in medical school. I I really considered everything else for a while. Mm. It's going to be pediatrics and for a while obstetrics. Mm. So I ended up starting in family medicine because I was interested in so many different areas of medicine. But throughout the initial stages of the family medicine residency, I found that I was really interested in the brain and how it functions. Uh, And I found that I really enjoyed working with patients who were living with mental illness or developmental challenges. Mm. So I switched my residency program partway through to psychiatry. Great. And you are a plant-based doctor. And so can you share a little bit with us about how you, you know, kind of became a plant-based doctor? Well, uh, I stopped eating meat at the age of 14. And at that time, it was really just taste preference, and I thought that I had become old enough to assert my independence in what I was going to eat. Um, And then through the years, I I became more aware of the ethical and environmental implications of eating meat, so Mm. that really bolstered the decision. But I really had no awareness that there was any health advantage to this. Uh, And then if you fast forward to finishing medical school and residency, And coming to the realization that we hadn't really been taught very much about nutrition throughout Mm. training, Mm. Um, especially throughout the residency training. And I started to think that this was likely to be an important gap in my knowledge because I was aware that my patients were likely to ask me about diet and nutrition, and I didn't want to give answers that weren't based on the best evidence. So I decided to do a little study project on my own where I looked at kind of what was the the state of the current evidence related to nutrition. Hmm. And I can clearly remember coming to the end of the study project and actually being very dismayed uh, and saying to myself, oh no, I think I have to be a vegan now. (laughs) And initially I wasn't really too thrilled with the idea, but to me the evidence was just too strong. 
And once I learned that, I felt that I had to align my nutrition with what the evidence was suggesting. So that's really how I ended up making the switch personally, and that's what really helped me to start discussing nutrition more with my own patients. Yeah, that's really fascinating. So when you were 14, you did you become vegetarian at that time, and then later you became vegan? Yeah, that's right. Yes, okay. So it's kind of the, so first you you say you were trying to exert independence, and then eventually later on, the ethical and environmental concerns came in, and then the health. Yeah, that's sort of the, the direction that it took for me. And the nice thing is, in the end, being able to uh, eat in a way that actually aligns with all of those things, with right. you know animal rights, with the environment, and as a physician, uh, what what is best aligned with health. Mm -hmm. It's wonderful that all of those things can be answered by the same whole food plant-based diet. For sure. So I've been really looking forward to this conversation and uh, here's why. So to set the context, a couple years ago, I actually helped organize a big nutrition and mental health conference here in Toronto and it was attended by hundreds of mostly dietitians. We invited some speakers and uh, the speakers, as a main talk, They shared what is the best diet and the best foods for mental health. And to their credit, they mentioned that, you know, the foundation for good mental health are uh, fruits and vegetables. So that was great. But they they went on to uh, list other foods that were really important for mental health. And the foods that they listed were things like shellfish, uh, fish, and uh, even uh, red meat, which was surprising to me. I wasn't expecting that. And the argument that they were making was that, well, these foods are high in zinc, omega-3, um, other nutrients. And in fact, they were making the argument that a fully uh, plant-based diet is actually deficient. It's not optimal for mental health. So, you know, as someone who's plant-based, it was kind of frustrating to listen to that and a little bit confusing. So what kind of, what are your thoughts on the arguments that they're making? And, um, you know, is plant-based eating really the best way for mental health? You know, I, I appreciate you saying that it can be confusing. And I think that's true, even amongst doctors, even amongst healthcare practitioners, it can be difficult for us to sort out uh, all the different research that comes out. And, and I often feel kind of badly for the lay public. I think if, if it's hard for all of us to sort through it and to come to an agreement, yes. um, it's got to be even more difficult for the, the lay public. And, and I'm aware that you can go to you know, 15 different healthcare experts and probably get 15 different opinions, and mm-hmm. they might actually be conflicting opinions. So I think that our role in healthcare has to be to help wade through all the research and to look and see what is the overall direction that the evidence is pointing. Mm. Because it's true that you can find studies that demonstrate health benefits from meat or shellfish or dairy, um, or I've heard what sound to be convincing arguments about why you shouldn't eat soy or beans or, or fruit. But I think that if you put aside uh, isolated studies or studies funded by industry and you try to look at the evidence as a whole, then that's where you start to see that the evidence is strongly supportive of a whole food plant-based diet Mm. as being optimum for health in general. But there really is a dearth of good quality research that's been done on the impact of diet specifically on mental health, and then even more so the impact of a whole food plant-based diet on mental health. So we have to work with the evidence that we have and there is a growing number at least of studies demonstrating improvements in mental health when you follow a plant-based diet like there was the, the study on the geico employees 
Um, And then there's also studies that may not focus specifically on a plant-based diet, but they're looking at how you're seeing improvements in mental health when you're eating more fruits and vegetables and a a less processed diet and more whole grains, all the elements of a whole food plant-based diet. And what we know is that, I mean, when you're talking about getting adequate nutrients, which was their argument for those those, uh, animal-based foods, that actually, if you're eating a varied whole food plant-based diet, you're, you're likely to be getting a better profile of nutrients than someone eating a standard American diet. Even the American Dietetic Association, they talk about, um, well, they have a position statement saying that appropriately planned vegan diets are healthful and nutritionally adequate for all stages of the life cycle. Mm-hmm. And, I mean, it's true that you should talk to your doctor about whether there's certain supplements that you want to consider on a whole food plant-based diet, like vitamin B12. And really, everyone should be talking about whether to consider vitamin D, whether you're eating a plant-based diet or not, especially if you're living in Canada. Right. But, you know, you mentioned zinc, and the majority of people don't need to be taking supplements for zinc if they're eating a whole food plant-based diet. And as for um, omega-3 fatty acids... There are some studies that show that individuals eating a vegan diet might have lower levels of omega-3 fatty acids, particularly the short-chain fatty acids like EPA and DHA, Mm. um, like that was seen in the Seventh-day Adventist study. But that didn't seem to adversely impact their mental health. And that's likely because although certain fish do have high levels of omega-3 fatty acids, they also contain things that can negatively impact mental health, Mm. like arachidonic acid and and cholesterol and saturated fat. So when you are, are looking at the overall studies, it seems to be showing that the, the diets that are higher in fruits and vegetables and whole grains and beans and legumes and nuts and seeds, which are the foundations of a whole food plant-based diet, that those are the diets that are going to be most beneficial for mental health. And Dr. Plower, you know the GEICO study you mentioned, is that the one done by Dr. Neil Barnard's lab? Yep. Yes. Okay. And you know the uh, you know the red meat suggestion um, that I heard was was very surprising to me. Have you ever heard that before in your field that red meat itself, like I could he- I could understand fish. We often hear that, uh, even the shellfish. I- I've heard that before. But the red meat kind of came out from left field. Uh, was that like Have you heard that before? That red meat's good for your mental health. Yeah, absolutely. I've I've heard people say that. Interesting. Um, looking at the iron content. Okay. As well. Um, although, you know, people eating a whole food plant-based diet tend to have adequate levels of iron and don't need to supplement. So that in the end really shouldn't be any sort of a concern or any sort of argument for, for eating red meat to support mental health. Mm-hmm. The, and, and, you know, the fish, if you go back to the uh, fish, you know, a lot of people, they think fish is a, um, good for your mental health. They, you know, they say fish is part of the Mediterranean diet, which is, uh, you know, touted as a really good diet. So... Uh, for you know, for someone who says, okay, if I'm going to go plant based and get rid of fish, you know, what am I going to do with something like omega three? Well, how would you respond to that? Well, I think it can get um, easy to get bogged down looking at a food as though it's only the source of some key nutrient of concern, like mm. you know, fish equals omega three fatty acids, and it, it's true that certain fish do contain high levels of omega three fatty acids. But like I said, you're not just consuming the fatty acids when you eat fish. You're also consuming potentially harmful things like arachidonic acid and, and cholesterol and toxic contaminants as well, like dioxins and right. PCBs and pesticides and mercury. And all of these 
negative things that you could be ingesting, they may outweigh the possible benefits that you were going to get from the omega-3 fatty acids. And it's not that omega-3 fatty acids aren't important for brain health, but you can get them from healthy plant-based sources like ground flaxseed and pumpkin seeds and walnuts, which apart from containing omega-3 fatty acids also contain fiber, which is not found in fish and is sorely lacking in the standard American diet in general, Mm. uh, as well as getting a lot of other important nutrients when you're having the plant-based sources. There is some concern um, or or differences of opinion about the inefficient conversion in humans from the long-chain fatty acid, ALA, which is what you get from plant sources, to the short-chain fatty acids, EPA and DHA, which is what primarily people are interested in getting from the animal sources. And men in particular may be less efficient at this conversion and we seem to become less efficient as we age. So in some cases, doctors may counsel patients to supplement with an omega-3 fatty acid. But, you know, fish themselves, they're not omega-3 fatty acid producing machines. They get the omega-3 fatty acids from their diet of algae. So if you're looking to take a supplement, uh, I suggest ordering one that's algae-derived. So then you can get your omega-3 fatty acids from the same place that the fish get. Well, I didn't know that about the fish not producing their omega-3 that it, you know, it's consumed through the diet. I guess it's some, sort of like uh, this calcium with cow's milk, right? Like cows don't produce calcium. They derive it from the foods that they eat. Is that sort of the yeah, same thing? exactly. You know, the, the speakers, they m- mentioned about you know, plant-based foods and that how they're so good for mental health. So what is it about plant foods that really make them the foundation for good mental health? Oh my goodness, how much, how much time do we have? <laughs> this, this is a topic that I could, I could talk about for a long time, but I'll, I'll, try, to, I'll try to be succinct. Sure. Because when I, when I give lectures about this, um, I usually focus on three main points about uh, what makes plant foods so healthy for the brain. Uh, the first one is that plant foods on the whole, they tend to be more anti-inflammatory. Hmm. And we've come to really understand that inflammation is a really important underlying component in the development of a lot of the illnesses that we see in North America. And that includes both the physical illnesses that we see so commonly, what we might call the diseases of affluence, like diabetes and obesity and heart disease and, and some cancers. But it's, inflammation is also a major underlying factor in a lot of the common mental illnesses like anxiety disorders and mood disorders. Um, And inflammation may be the common link that helps us understand why people who get these physical illnesses like diabetes and heart disease, why they're at an increased risk of developing mental illness like Mm. anxiety and mood disorders, and also vice versa. People with those mental health conditions, they're at a higher risk of developing those physical health conditions. And we know that inflammation, it can actually be a protective factor in the body because it's your body's response to injury or irritation. Mm. But when that inflammation stops serving a protective purpose and becomes chronic, it can begin to damage the body and cause illness. And there's a lot of factors in our life that can influence our body's level of inflammation. And one of those factors that we have most control over is our diet. So it's important when you're trying to prevent or treat mental illness that you're focusing on a whole food plant-based diet because that's a very anti-inflammatory diet pattern. Mm. Uh, the second the second factor that makes plant foods so healthy for mental health is that our bodies, they need to make our nerve cells or our neurons. 
And they also have to make our neurotransmitters, which are the, the neurochemicals like serotonin and dopamine, which are known to be really important factors in mental health. And when we take medication to support mental health, like probably the most commonly known one is Prozac. So when you're taking something like Prozac, it helps your body to use those neurotransmitters like serotonin more effectively, but it doesn't actually contain serotonin. It just helps you use your body's serotonin more effectively. Mm. But your body has to actually make serotonin. And it has to have the right building blocks from the food you eat in order to be able to make those healthy neurotransmitters and mm. those healthy neurons. And we get the building blocks from foods like vegetables and fruits and beans and whole grains and basically all the components that you're going to find in a whole food plant-based diet. So that's really supportive of your brain being able to function properly in that way. And the third point is related to the microbiome, which yes. is really a hot topic in research these yeah, days. for sure. It's uh, the collective term for all the bacteria and viruses and, and fungi, etc., that live both on and in our bodies. And we're really starting to understand that having a healthy microbiome is extremely important for keeping us healthy, and that includes our mental health. Uh, one example would be that our gut microbes, they're intimately involved in making a lot of the neurotransmitters we just talked about, like serotonin. And our gut has its own nervous system called the enteric nervous system or the, the second brain. And this second brain in our gut, it uses all the same types of brain cells and neurotransmitters that the brain and the spinal cord do. And it communicates through the brain uh, or with the brain through chemical signaling. So if the gut microbiome becomes unhealthy, this could negatively affect that chemical signaling and overall mental functioning. And we know that a whole food plant-based diet is a really important way to support the gut microbiome mm. and to make sure that it has all the right uh, healthy microbes and that they're able to flourish. So for me, those are, are kind of the three the key highlights of why it is that plant foods are so helpful for supporting good mental health. And are there certain plant foods that are really good for our brain health? I've heard before that kale is like a superfood for the brain. Is, are there, is that true? And are there other plant foods that are particularly good for our mental health? Yeah, I get, I get excited talking about you know, different foods, but uh, I, I try to always highlight the fact that really broad principles are going to be most important mm. because there's so much information about nutrition that's constantly coming at us both as professionals, but, you know, also even as the lay public, right, news headlines and even on Facebook and whatnot. Right. And it's so easy to get bogged down by, you know, what's the recommended daily allowance and uh, are lectins a problem or phytoestrogen, superfoods. So I, I always want to start by saying that if you eat a varied whole food, unprocessed, plant-based diet and you drink mostly water, that's really the most important thing to focus on. You don't need to get bogged down by, you know, am I getting enough kale every day? <laughs> but that being said, sometimes it's nice to, to know about certain foods that might be really maybe extra supportive, maybe give you an extra boost. Yes. Um, and one thing would be foods that have particularly helpful antioxidants like, mm. um, like in green tea or dark chocolate. So those can be healthful inclusions in the diet. You know, that would be a dark chocolate that doesn't contain the milk fat or the sugar. I mean, just 
dark chocolate without those additives. Yes. Uh, we also know that there's some really potent anti-inflammatory compounds and some herbs and spices like ginger or turmeric, uh, especially if you're combining the turmeric with black pepper. And I recommend eating a good source of omega-3 fatty acids every day, like chia seeds or hemp hearts or walnuts. And if you want to get fancy, I would say also trying to make sure that you have a serving of cruciferous vegetables daily. So that's where the kale comes in, <laughs> nice. but also cabbage and cauliflower and broccoli and Brussels sprouts, uh, because they're known to be really supportive of cognitive functioning and they can protect, mm. protect against cognitive decline. And they also have great anti-inflammatory properties. Yeah, Dr. Plower, you make a, like, I really appreciate the point that you're making, how we should focus on broad eating patterns. And I think sometimes our thinking is very reductionistic. Like you were mentioning before, you know, fish equals omega-3, therefore I need fish. But if we look at the broader, like the whole food itself, then we could really see that the plant-based diet is the optimal diet. And so it's something we, I think we need to kind of move away from this reductionistic thinking that I think is very dominant in nutrition, um, in professionals and public, and focus more on like the whole eating patterns. And when we see that, I think the plant-based diet is the best one. Yeah, I mean, I agree for, for a number of reasons, but I've also seen people just get so overwhelmed that mm. they kind of throw in the towel and just go back to, you know, eating hot dogs and Pop-Tarts or whatever, you know, unhelpful things they were eating before because when they try to eat healthy, they just get so overwhelmed by hearing, well, you know, you should be eating goji berries or, you know, are you getting enough seaweed or, or uh, you know, whatever the, the thing du jour is. And I think that's really difficult for, for people when they're just, you know, trying to live their life and trying to make healthy decisions. And, and it's like every day they're hearing that there's some new superfood they should be eating or, or some food they should be avoiding. And so if you focus instead on that broad principle of whole food, plant-based, then I think that if you're eating a, a good variety within that, you don't have to worry about all those um all those kind of smaller points. Yes, for sure. So if someone comes to you, say like a patient or just um, anybody really, and uh, you're helping them to transition to a more whole foods, plant-based eating pattern, what are some tips that you share with them? And when they do so, what is sort of like the um, first kind of mental health benefits that they typically experience? That's, it's a hard question to answer because every person and every circumstance is going to be so different. And I really try to, as much as possible, let my patients be kind of the author of their own treatment plan and work mm. at the pace that's going to be comfortable for them. And so some people come in and they're really ready to make sweeping changes. And other people, it's really overwhelming. And just the idea of you know making sure they include one serving of vegetables a day is like a big leap mm. for them. So I try to work with where they're at and, and let them direct the pace. Again, because even having a small step in the right direction, that when you've done that successfully, that can engender a really positive mindset, which allows you to then make more steps. But whereas if you take on something that you're not ready for, then for people, sometimes that can be too overwhelming. And I really want to support people in the long run to be making healthy choices. But what I think is so exciting about nutrition is that it's intimately linked to so many aspects of our life. And those aspects are all interrelated. So no matter what change you make or what improvement you see first, whether that's 
you know, you, you've adopted a plant-based diet and now you're noticing better sleep or better energy or even improved bowel function, it's likely that those improvements are going to impact other areas of your health and that can create a ripple effect. So, uh, for instance, if somebody transitions to a whole food plant-based diet and one of the first things they notice is better bowel function, mm. well, being more regular, that can actually improve your energy, uh, your overall sense of well-being, and then that improved energy and well-being, that can maybe allow them to be more physically active, right. which may then improve their sleep, mm. etc. And And that chain reaction, it can go on and on, and, and each chain itself has the potential to improve your mental health. And so for me, that's what's really exciting. Um, like you said, moving away from a, a reductionistic mindset of health, it's it's really exciting because it's all interlinked. And so whatever is the first change that you see, it's likely to be able to propel you towards further changes. Great. And uh, let's end off our conversation by talking about the field of psychiatry itself, your field. Uh, you were mentioning how when you uh, were going through uh, medical school and on your journey to be a doctor, you start, started to look at the science and it really uh, moved you towards a more fully plant-based eating uh, pattern. So when you kind of when how do your colleagues in psychiatry kind of react to plant based eating in terms of mental health? Is there kind of openness to it, acceptance to it, resistance? What is it kind of like in your field? Well, I really see two sides to it. I mean, on the one hand, like I said, it's still not something that you get a lot of training on in Mm -hmm. medical school, uh, in residency. I mean, nutrition in general, let alone emphasizing a whole food plant-based diet. And I think that a lot of mental health practitioners, they don't focus on nutrition as part of their assessments or treatment plans. And some of that has to do with the lack of awareness or education, but it's also due to system issues like, you know, time pressures and long wait lists. And, and it can take time to talk about nutrition. And even when I go to conferences that are focused on plant-based medicine, mental health is very often missing from the list of presented topics. Yes. Um, or when I go to conferences on psychiatry, then nutrition is missing from the list of topics. Mm. But on the other hand, I, I do feel hopeful because I am starting to see more research that's coming out about the impact of lifestyle, which includes nutrition, on mental health. And And I I believe I'm sensing a real increase in interest about these topics in my colleagues. And I'm very fortunate where I work because they've been very supportive of me wanting to practice uh, a more lifestyle-based or integrative um, mental health. And we've created a healthy living task force to look at ways to improve the lifestyle of our patients, Mm. nutrition, physical activity, sleep hygiene, screen time, kind of all of it. And they've twice allowed me to give a full-day workshop on integrative or lifestyle-based psychiatry, and a large portion of that time was devoted to how nutrition impacts mental health. And as as you're aware, we're having our first ever Canadian plant-based nutrition conference yes. in Toronto on June 1st, and I was really thrilled that the organizers wanted to have a talk on mental health, so I'm, I'm really honored that I get to be the um, psychiatrist to give that talk, and I'm really looking forward to that conference on June 1st. Great, and at that conference, will you be sh- kind of sharing sort of the stuff that we've been talking about in this episode? Absolutely. Yes, and I think uh, I think you're right, and that's one reason why we really want to do this podcast, because even in the field of lifestyle medicine, so much focus is on the benefits of uh, plant-based eating for, you know, diabetes, heart disease. Mm-hmm. But like you're saying, I think sometimes the mental health kind of gets lost or is not focused on as much. Right, and, and I, I see a lot of 
a lot of interest in, in colleagues and among lay people and knowing, oh, really? Nutrition impacts my mental health. And mm-hmm. people are very curious to hear that. So uh, I'm really glad to see that it's, it's a topic that people are starting to express more interest in. Great. So um, to end off, Dr. Plowright, if there's a, for, for our audience, are there kind of some resources elsewhere where the youth would recommend that they can get more information about the benefits of plant-based eating uh, for their mental health? Well, I've, I really appreciate Dr. Michael Greger's website, nutritionfacts.org, because he does look at a wide variety of topics and he does highlight some studies that are looking at how plant-based foods impact mental health. So there is a search feature within there so that you can be looking specifically for the research studies that are focusing on that. And also the Physicians Committee for Responsible Medicine, yes. uh, same thing, they have a search feature and they've highlighted some um, of the, the great research that is coming out uh, on how plant-based diets in general or even just the, the elements of a plant-based diet like fruits and vegetables, whole grains, etc., how they uh, can really benefit mental health. So to me, those are great evidence-based resources. Great, and uh, we'll uh, include a link to uh, uh, Dr. Michael Greger's website, that's nutritionfacts.org. He also has a podcast uh, as well, uh, Nutrition Facts, that you could uh, listen to on any of the major podcast platforms. So we'll include a link to those in the podcast notes. So, Dr. Power, thank you so much for taking time to join us on this podcast. We, uh, you shared great information and really want to thank you for taking the time to share with us. Well, it was such a pleasure. This is my favorite topic to talk about, and uh, I just feel really honored to have been invited. So thank you so much for, for the time and the opportunity to speak about this. Thank you. Thank you, everyone, for tuning in as well. If you haven't done so, you can subscribe to the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Google Uh, iTunes, and on Stitcher. You can also catch our episodes on YouTube, and we also post them on our Facebook page and on our website, www.pathwaystowholeness.ca forward slash podcast. And as always, if you have a family or friend who you think could benefit from the things that we share on this podcast, from the principles of lifestyle medicine, please do share this podcast with them. Thank you again so much for tuning in. We hope you'll join us next time. And until then, remember, your lifestyle is medicine.